0: Well, today on The Beacon Broadcast, we return to our exposition in 2 Corinthians, a study that we have been pursuing for quite a while and had come down to the middle of the last chapter until we, well, we stepped aside for a few broadcasts to deal with the wonderful incarnation of Jesus Christ at the time of year when that is most commonly remembered, And then we took a few broadcasts this week to talk about Mary's devotion to Jesus Christ and doing what she could when she poured that alabaster perfume, that that alabaster flask of perfume over the head of Jesus at incredible monetary cost to her. But she did what she could, and that's the point, and that's what we all need to be challenged for. We've got a new year by the grace of God— God has brought us safely through last year, has deposited us upon the threshold of a new year, and we need, like Mary, to do what we can. Whatever God has enabled us to do, let's get busy doing it for the Lord. We don't know how many days, how many weeks, how many months, how many years we may have. The Lord may come before I finish this broadcast today, but until He comes, let us be faithful doing what we can. But now we return to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, and we will finish out this chapter and this book in a short while as we move along in our study of God's Word. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday, no, Friday, Friday, January 5. Thank you for your consideration of our financial needs in order to keep teaching God's Word on this station. The last section of the last chapter of Paul's last epistle to the Corinthians, not the last epistle he wrote altogether, but the last one that he wrote to the Corinthians, at least as far as we have any record of that. And he was writing that church to the city of Corinth, well, to a church in the city of Corinth, which was in southern Greece, it was west of Athens, and it was a significant city in his day. And if you ever take the time to track the missionary travels of the Apostle Paul, you will soon discover that he nearly always focused upon significant cities. Cities of of significant size and cities of significant influence. He had a strategy. It wasn't happenstance. You say, well, Did he value the souls of people in the big, significant cities more than the souls of those in the -the out-of-the-way places, in the farms and in the villages? No, no, that wasn't it at all. But he had a strategy, and he realized that if he could plant strong churches in each of these metropolitan centers where people were constantly coming and going, traveling there, coming to do their shopping, coming to take care of official business and so forth— if he could plant vibrant, healthy, witnessing churches in these population centers, that from those centers the gospel could go out into the smaller towns, the villages, the highways, the rural areas, they could take care of that if he would strategically plant churches in the major cities of the Roman Empire. And that's exactly what he did and Corinth was one of those cities, and God's grace enabled him to plant a significant church in a significant city. Planted by the Apostle Paul and the team that was working with him on his second missionary journey, a church that took him 18 months to get established, only one other church, namely the Ephesian church, Received more of paul's concentrated effort than the church at Corinth, most of the churches were planted in less time than eighteen months at least planted to the to the uh, place where he could leave others behind to continue on the work but He would travel on to other places to do it all over again. He had a plan. He had a strategy, and he wanted to plant churches in major cities. But in Corinth, it took him 18 months to get that accomplished, and he was discouraged at the beginning, you may remember. And when he was wondering whether he should just call it a day, call it quits in the city of Corinth and move on to someplace else, like evidently he did in the city of Athens, leaving behind not enough people to really establish a church. And apparently he didn't see any prospect of doing that, and so he moved on from Athens. That's an unusual situation, because Paul didn't go many places where he tried to plant a church and did not do so successfully, but that happened in the city of Athens. But from there he went to Corinth, and at the beginning, apparently, it seemed like he was also going to suffer disappointment until the Lord spoke to him in a vision one night and said, keep on teaching, Paul. I have many people in this city. Paul hadn't seen them yet. Paul didn't know them yet. Paul had been trying to reach them unsuccessfully up until this time. From Paul's vantage point, they didn't appear to be Christ people, but from Christ's standpoint they were. I have much people. They're, they are my people. They just haven't come to faith in Christ yet. They are my people, not all of them, most of them haven't even heard the gospel yet. but they are my people and it is my purpose that you stay there and keep preaching the gospel and as I as you preach the gospel, the Holy Spirit is going to bring to Christ His people. And so Paul stayed there for 18 months and saw that church established and wrote two epistles that are preserved in the New Testament, plus at least one other referred to and possibly two others that, for reasons we do not know, the Holy Spirit did not include in the New Testament. And he also visited this city and this church two more times after his initial visit. The 18 months he was there, and then he went away and did work elsewhere, and then came back. You'll notice that pattern with most of his churches. He established the churches. He left local leadership, qualified leadership, people who were members of the church and who lived in that city. He left them behind as elders to carry on the ministry, and he went elsewhere as an evangelist apostle, to plant churches in other places. But after a while, he would come back, check on them, encourage them, preach preach to them, teach them, help them to get on a little bit further in their development. He wanted to see them continue on strong. And so he visited Corinth at least three times in this epistle that we've been studying, 2 Corinthians. He tells them, In advance of his third visit, he's coming, and this epistle will prepare the way for his coming. But all this to say, Corinth received unusual attention from Paul and labor by Paul more than most other places. And even at that, there were some disappointments after all of this attention and labor by an apostle of Jesus Christ, incredibly gifted by Christ, incredibly empowered by the Holy Spirit of God to accomplish what almost nobody else has been able to accomplish. Paul really was an apostle that was was empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. When he preached the gospel, usually many people were saved, truly saved. We're not just talking about professions of faith. We're not just talking about enlisting decisions. We're not just talking about signing a card, walking an aisle, going to an inquiry room, praying a prayer, raising a hand. We're talking about people who were genuinely converted, and Paul experienced that every place he went in in an unusual outpouring of the power of the Holy Spirit. God was using him. God had called him. God had prepared him. God equipped him. God saved him. God turned him around. God caused him to leave his former Jewish religion. Though I don't know that he really looked at it as leaving it, he looked at it as, as finally coming into a proper understanding of it. He had been blind before. He didn't think that Jesus was the Christ. He opposed Christ, he, or Jesus. He, he was looking for another Christ, another Messiah. He didn't think God had sent his Messiah yet, and he was determined to stamp out these followers of Jesus who thought that Jesus was the Christ when Paul was convinced that he wasn't, and was so convinced that he was willing to put people to death to stop this movement until Jesus stopped him on the Damascus Road, removed the blinders from his eyes, made him realize that Jesus is, in fact the Christ promised by God, and he's more than a human Messiah. He is a divine Messiah who took upon him human human nature for the purpose of laying down his life upon the cross, but he was more than a human Messiah, a human savior, a human king, a human son in the line of David. He was that, but he was more than that. He was God himself who came in the flesh to accomplish the redemption that only a divine Savior could accomplish. And when Paul realized all that and realized how wrong he had been, how foolish he had been, how sinful he had been in opposing the Christ of God, he was utterly ashamed, but he became just as zealous for Christ as before he had been zealous against Christ. And he poured all of his energies, all of his focus, all of his life, all of his devotion, all of his commitment, all of his learning, all of his hours. He committed them all in devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ and planted churches, 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 till he comes finally in one place to say, I don't have any place else to go. (laughs) It's done. Who can say that? Well, only somebody who's, who has a particular strategy. He wasn't saying that everybody was saved. He wasn't saying there are any more, more lost people in the Roman Empire. That would be, a, would be totally foolish for him to make a claim like that, and he never would because he of all people knew that wasn't true. But he could say, I have completed the plan that I started out to fulfill 20-some years ago. And incredibly, by the grace of God, by the power of God, by the Spirit of God working within me, I did it. I planted churches in all the places that I wanted to see churches planted. I don't have any place else to go in this plan, and Corinth was part of that, but they were (laughs) a more challenging city than most. And they received an awful lot of attention by Paul and much more labor and activity from Paul. And why? Well, because they had so many problems and they needed that extra attention. That's one reason. But because Paul deeply loved them and would not give them up. And so we will learn more about it on the broadcast tomorrow. Please join me then. Until then, this is Greg Barkman, the Bible teacher on the Beacon Broadcast, saying, Good day, and God give you His eternal peace.